High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. Now, it's that time of the week. It's time to head to Washington, D.C., where we are joined as ever by Michael Graham to give us his take on what has been a very eventful week, I would suggest, for American politics. But I suppose it has been for almost 100 days now. Michael, you're very welcome to the programme. Yes, murder, mayhem and Michael Graham. Perfect timing. Thank you so much. (laughs) Tell me this. Is America about to start a thermonuclear war? Uh, is America about to? You know, we've been working on that for years. We haven't been able to figure it you figure it out. You're absolutely right. So of course it's America. It wouldn't possibly be the lunatic with the bad haircut and too much access to marshmallows in Pyongyang. Oh, sorry, I wasn't sure if we were talking but, about Trump there or if we were talking about yeah, North Korea. But, but I do want to say thank you for all the great help we've gotten from Ireland and the EU in handling a lunatic who's you know grabbing nuclear weapons and building intercontinental uh, ballistic missiles as fast as he can. You guys have been a great help on this. So from the rest of the world that doesn't want to get blown up, thanks so much. So, so kind are, of like Syria. Are you great guys, job you guys did on Syria. Are you guys fighting fire with fire then with the bad hair lunatic kind of thing? Is, is that what it is? It could be, although it's interesting. I saw a, a story yesterday that had a poster from North Korea. Apparently there were only 15 authorized haircuts in the entire country of North Korea. <laughs> and oddly, Donald Trump's wasn't on the list. I was kind of stunned by that. And it's so again, stylish. I will say this, hanging out with my teenage son's friends, I'm starting to think the mandatory haircut idea may not be so bad. There's, It's got m- new merit. That, 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 that's a well-run country right there with the, with the, <laughs> with the 15 mandatory haircuts. So talk well, you to choose me. one of the 15. How many how many choices do you need, really? Uh, well, I, I'd say I'm probably on the list. I have very boring hair. But um, t- tell me this. Obviously, nothing, you know, has happened as yet in terms of of, of uh, uh, America retaliating for, for the, the missile launch that never was by, by North Korea. But Michael Pence is is over there at the moment. Where are we going with this? It's, it's, it looks to me like like posturing and people sizing up to each other. This can only end badly. Uh, I mean, if there's a war, then obviously it, it ends badly. That's the beginning end of that conversation. Uh, at the Weekly Standard, and I, I tweeted this out to the News Talk listeners so they could check it out, I talked to our North Korea expert, Ethan Epstein, who was just at the DMZ a few months ago. He writes about it regularly, speaks Korean, you know, knows the culture, language, et cetera. And I said, well, look, we've had Kims before. You know, This is the third Kim. Why are you so much more nervous about this Kim? And he says, because Kim Jong-un is the one Kim who talks not just nuclearization, but also reunification. The argument is, and you hear a lot f- of this from the United States, Max Boone, very smart guy at the um, uh, Council of Relations says the only reason that this Kim wants nukes is for survival. He just wants to be in charge. He doesn't care. Just leave him alone. Let him have his nukes. Let him feel secure and you know, hold on for another 30, 40, 50 years until there's regime change. But Ethan Epstein says the other Kim's Ju- that's what they want. This Kim keeps talking about reunifying the the peninsula. And if he's serious, and who knows, because yeah. the guy's bat's not crazy. Yeah. But if he's serious about reunification and he gets a viable nuclear program, not this kind of, you know, Acme, Wiley, Coyote, you know, <laughs> weapon system. What if he decides he's going to use that nuclear power to blackmail a forced reunification of South, of Korea. That's obviously not going to be allowed. And then you're at war. And so 
the options are really, really ugly. Yes, they are. Uh, there isn't there is a body of thought that thinks he doesn't have the capacity that those those missiles on that parade that the wheels of the truck didn't look very much like they were under pressure that they may be hollow. I mean that that's another school of thought that this is all nonsense and posturing oh, on his part. It absolutely could be, and we have so little information from inside North Korea. Who knows what's true and who knows what's not? But I will say that what's frustrating for me uh, as a non Donald Trump fan is to hear the European left equate all nuclear uh, a moral equivalency among all nuclear weapons holders and to, to expose a, 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 a assert a moral equivalency uh, for all use of force whoever catches that sicko whack job from Cleveland who executed mm. that guy and posted on Facebook and shoots him will be doing exactly what the sicko whack job guy did he shot somebody but it's totally different he will be the good guy for shooting that sicko whack job North Korea with nuclear weapons Obviously is we are not the encouraging same. vigilantism or whatever on news talk here. We just should I, probably I, I be point be out. Clear. I'm, inc- I'm encouraging that sick whack job being dead. Absolutely. And when he is dead, the world would be a better place. And the idea that a rational person can't grasp the difference between a dead sicko whack job versus a dead cop or a nuclear North Korea versus a nuclear England or France, that's not uh, pacifism. That's not ideology. That's idiocy. And that's the idiocy that the vast majority of your listeners live under every day and I, I I truly don't understand it. How can sane people be that stupid? I hear what you're saying and I, I will put the opposing argument to you and I will say yeah. this. You're saying, you know, I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end. I wouldn't want to live under the regime that is North Korea and nor would I, I, I argue with you too much about their leadership. But the only power on the planet that has ever used a nuclear arm against another nation was America. So, it, it, you know, so in terms of nuclear aggressors, you guys are, are, the, are the biggest ones out there. Hallelujah. Thank God. I'm so glad. Aren't you glad that America ended the war with Japan, brought that fascist regime to its knees, saved the lives of untold hundreds of thousands of Western fighters and innocent civilians by ending the war? Using that weapon was the right thing to do. And once again, you have to be a fourth grader to have the mentality that, but it's an icky weapon, so it must have been wrong to use it. What? Who who old who's old enough to die, to change their own pants and thinks that way? <laughs> it's it's hard to respond to such passion, Michael. Is all I'm saying. But the reality of it is 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 that we are and in I very ask you, tense geopolitics. Go ahead. Question. Go on. Uh, given what the, dropping the bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki accomplished, didn't America do exactly the right thing? I, I would argue this, uh, uh, that you can never know what the alternative would have been having taken one course of action. And the reality of it is, is there may well have been a diplomatic solution that could have been found without killing hundreds no, of thousands of people with a nuclear is, bomb. That, there is no evidence to back that thesis. None. All of the evidence is that the Japanese would defend their island but with spoons and forks to the death. That's how they fought for the islands that they took, the islands that weren't even the homeland. All the evidence is that you were talking about hundreds of thousands of American soldiers dying to to take the island of Japan. And so if that is the case, then obviously the greatest act of peace ever committed by a country was the United States' decision to use the atomic bombs and end World War II. And that's what I'm talking about, moral equivalence. Icky is not an argument. 
Yeah, well, okay. Um, but obviously we are moving into very interesting geopolitical times and they are fraught with, I mean, you, you guys you guys also dropped the mother of all bombs there very recently. Yes. So so there's a lot of stuff going on that is 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 concerning, I think, for the wider global population in terms of, of these kind of the, the, the Putin-esque, Trump-esque sizing up to each other sort of things that are happening on, on the global stage. But let me steer you a little bit. I believe you have a view. We were talking about decriminalising drugs earlier. I believe you have a view on that too. Well, all of your listeners who are hearing me and reaching for their drugs, I completely understand. And my apologies. And thank you for your patience and wherewithal. Yeah, I, I, as a uh, as a uh, you know small government guy, individual liberty guy, if uh, grownups want to destroy their lives by uh, taking drugs, uh, go right ahead. That's my uh, answer on principle. My answer on pragmatism is we in, in the United States, marijuana is illegal. The okay. same is true in Ireland. Yes. Yes, it is. Do you know a single college kid who can't get pot within a 24-hour period? If you said to every college uh, kid... I suggest you know, a little quicker than that, too. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm giving 24 just assuming like they can't get their car or they're, they're, <laughs> they've got to get cash, whatever. When you've got something that any college kid can get in a 24-hour turnaround, it's not prohibited. It might be technically illegal, but it's not prohibited. So uh, criminalization hasn't worked pragmatically. It violates a fundamental principle, leave me the hell alone. And so I support it. But the problem is that many people on the left side of the aisle won't concede the third point, which is along with decriminalization must follow individual responsibility. It's not my fault that you chose to be a pothead loser and can't get a job. I don't want to pay you to sit at home and smoke pot. Goodbye government benefits. It's not my fault that you became a heroin addict because you, you know, wanted to get high instead of doing something productive. No money for you to go to uh, clinics to get off your uh, addiction. You'll have to do it yourself. And that's what always breaks down. The people who support decriminalization also support mandatory Michael Graham pays for the results of decriminalization. Listen, you're, you're you're partly preaching to the choir because I actually don't really support certainly decriminalisation of of harder drugs at all. I think they create more problems than than they they solve. Although I a little bit different to you, don't just feel that that we should let them off and and to to suffer away. And um, there's a text here for you actually, Michael. It says America dropped the atomic bomb when the war was over. There was no need to use them. They used them to scare everyone into submission. What do you say to that? That's, well, there's the, the historic record doesn't uh, back that up, and there's a great book by John Lewis Gaddis, History of the Cold War, that starts with the dropping of that bomb and puts it in context, and I would just recommend people. He's super smart. Read, trust him, not me. <laughs> you said that. You said that, not me. Um, did you hear, I don't know if you heard the news there at the top of the hour, we had Andrea in talking about uh, new incentives to rat on social welfare cheats are being brought in here. That, that, would, that would be uh, singing to the choir there with you, wouldn't it? Well, I don't want to, I mean, first of all, ratting is ratting. You know, I'm not a, a fan of You're ratting not a rat. per se. What I, what I like are just simple rule. you know, easy to follow rules. You know, like if you're uh, on the dole, you have to have a mandatory drug test. And if you fail the drug test, you go off the dole. That solves a big problem right there. If you're on the dole, uh, and you're an able-bodied person without children in your household, you have to work. It can be community service, you know, picking up trash in a whatever, but you have to work. That solves it there. So what I find is if you, once again, uphold the notion of individual responsibility, it's your job as a human thriving organism to feed, clothe, and house yourself. And that's our assumption. And then we're going to work with our benefits off that assumption. That tends to solve all the problems. Now I got to ask you, you strike me as a, I definitely tried pot in college person. <laughs> Can I ask that? Am I allowed? I don't know that. I certainly never inhaled. That, that's an outrageous. 
that's an outrageous accusation and me an eminent physician in this in this parish so the answer is yes <laughs> i'm not saying another word Really? Because see, in America, everyone's brat. You know, they, they've all. Bill Clinton broke the wall with his stupid answer about inhale. Now everyone talks about how much pot they smoke. You know, I am uh, no joke. I have never smoked pot. I've never tried drugs of any kind. It just hasn't been okay. Okay. When I was in high school, I was in the garage. A bunch of guys. A lot of peer pressure. I sn- never mind. Never mind. Aerosols. I was going to tell that joke and it won't work. I don't think it translates to Ira. No, I really, I've never tried pot. I've never have. And I've had people say to me, well, geez, you should, you talk about legalizing. Why don't you even try it? I just don't have any interest in it. You know what I mean? I, I look, I have my Guinness. I have my Bushmills. What else do I need? So you're, you're a, a, an Irish alcohol fan. I, I, my entire, I, I'm right now, I have Barry's Irish tea in front of me at lunch. It'll be Guinness. And in the evening, it'll be Bushmills. I am 100% Irish by beverage, if not by blood. <laughs> well, actually, it sounds like with that amount of, of various Irish drinks in you, even the blood might be slightly Irish <laughs> as well. Very good point. <laughs> Listen, oh, there's lo- they're all coming in for you now. Um, I almost collapsed here. I may need a doctor. I agree with Michael Graham regarding drugs. I need a cup of tea with a drop of whiskey. Maybe that's from Brendan and uh, Galway. That will do it. That will do it. Yeah. Who loves your, 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 uh, your contribution. And someone else here has said about you, there can be no excuse to drop a nuclear weapon on innocent people. That guy is sick. His argument lacks any credibility whatsoever. And then they go on to say, which I think affects their argument to incredibly stupid man, typical American, <laughs> typical American. What do you have to say to that, Michael? I, I am. I'm proud to be a typical American. But once again, I will ask this. If you can save a million people by using a weapon at war on the same targets that were already being bombed with other bombs, they didn't go to an orphanage or whatever. These were industrial centers that they would use, you know, that were already being bombed. And you would let those 900,000 other people die. You're a despicable, awful person and should really reconsider how you think. Uh, on that note, and, and you mincing but your... But other than you, that, you're great. How about a drink? <laughs> Everybody. Thank you very much. That is our... Wait, wait, our last question. Last question. I heard a rumor that you have access to George's credit card. Oh. So I say, let's all go buy drinks. Put a round of drinks and put it on George. What do you say? I'll talk to you after the show. That's what I say. Thank you very much. That is, of course, Michael Graham with his weekly contribution from the States on on, on all things uh, Michael Graham-esque.